We have Liz Deering with us in this episode. She is one of the co-founders of the Uninc with Ben Gibson. You might have heard her name before in the first podcast episode of this show. She has a background being a creative, most recently has specialized in creating spaces to help especially underrepresented groups of people create freely, create social impact businesses. In her own words, what she's great at is holding spaces. That's a really important thing and we'll get into why that's important in this episode. So Please enjoy this episode with Liz Deering. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks on for the podcast me. in person this time. Yeah, it's cool to see you in real life. Yeah, I can <laughs> actually see you this time. Last time it was the sun was setting um, yeah. and it was getting real dark and it was weird. And we had this flashlight and it was like, what? <laughs> it was so sketchy. <laughs> yeah, so please don't use this video. Yeah, I was like, I won't use the video. <laughs> the you guys sounded good though. A lot of people commented on how, how good it sounded and I was like, oh really? It was all over the phone, so... It did sound really this good. This one's going to sound even better, yeah. minus the airplanes flying overhead. but It'll be good. So, Liz, uh, give me the short explanation of, of who you are and where you come from. Okay. Um, well, my name is Liz Deering, and um, I hail from the great state of Michigan, <laughs> originally. Ooh, north. North. I am not a cold-weather girl, but I do love the state of Michigan. Mm. Um, I haven't lived there in a long, long time, but that's my roots. I am the co-founder of the Uninc and um, co-creator of all sorts of um, creative things. I, my, I think my biggest... Um, Sense of identity comes from holding space for people to create or holding space for people to find themselves. And that looks like a lot of different things. Because that's what you've done before the Uninc too, right? Yeah, I don't think I never, I don't think I ever, you know, formalized it into a business before the Uninc. Oh, okay. Yeah, so before um, before we started the Uninc together, I, I started a business called Haven that was focused on women and helping them pursue their intent with their business. So creating a space where they felt like they could explore the intent and the softness of their mission, not just the business end of things, which of course everybody needs to make it sustainable and all that. But um, it's very hard to find a space where you can like be honest with yourself about where it's coming from, where these ideas are coming from, why is it so hard, um, and really work through that stuff. So that was my original concept for Haven, which has evolved into and kind of been enmeshed into this brand of Unink over right. time. How did how did that go? Like the 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 Haven, you did have some cohorts. Is that what you were calling them? Or is yeah. That, uh, what that was? It was called a cohort, like a group. Yeah. Kind of like a gaggle of geese. <laughs> <laughs> I got called a gaggle in high school once by a, a state trooper because we were all walking to the the sheets. Nice. It's a gas station in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, and there was like 20 of us. And he was like, you're not a gang because you don't look threatening. So I'm going to call you a gaggle. It was the first time I ever heard that word. It's funny. Yeah. I like plural words. They're fun. Yeah. So yeah, a cohort is a gathering of, um, a gathering of entrepreneurs. Um, I had a, a few of them. I started out even actually doing various workshops and um, focusing on different topics that I thought would be helpful and bringing in mentors and trying to like learn what people wanted. And over time, it evolved into this concept of a cohort. So yeah, it, I ran a few cohorts before Ben and I launched the Uninc together. And um, you know, we actually opened a space together, and we're both running our separate brands under the same in, in the same building before we started Uninc. 
what were the workshops focused on? What was the, the workshops that you were doing for them? Yeah, so I started out with a bunch of them. Um, you know, I did workshop on scrappy marketing i did uh which is so important because everyone wants to just you to just spend money on marketing but yeah yeah i focused on how to build um, relationships and partnerships to build marketing we did one that was on speed coaching so we actually had a bunch of experienced um, business coaches come in and everyone got like 30 minutes uh, with a coach and got to experience what that feels like to be coached by somebody uh, we did yoga uh, which is still a big part of what i want to do in the future uh, with anik because yoga is a very um good great good way of getting back into your center yeah you know, and, and entrepreneurship and your body and, and your body in the yeah now. We, we tend to like get all up in our heads right yeah yeah and so for me that was a that was an exploration of um, what happens if you expose entrepreneurs to that are you familiar with 10 percent better Mm-mm. can't remember the guy's name he's a nbc nightline uh anchor and he wrote the first book that was about meditation and included the word fuck oh my god <laughs> how have i not read this it's awesome um and he's, like he's got he's got a podcast now too and his and his new book is called um meditation for fidgety skeptics um but the whole thing <laughs> is awesome. like how that how those practices can be practically used yeah. in western culture because it's i mean for me like yoga has never been my thing but meditation really has been and yeah. it's been life-changing and i don't like i don't say that lightly like uh between that and journaling like stoicism mm-hmm. journaling um those two things have been the things that have allowed me to really take control of my own thoughts yes. and emotions which then allows you to take control of the businesses you're trying to and run. You get, like, to, you get this reflection cycle that you wouldn't get otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're pausing and you're noticing your thought, but you're also aware of yourself more and you right. can move from a different place. So. And there were certain times when I was making films back when I, I remember when I was making my first big web series and I was producing it. So I was pulling together all the pieces of it and we had two filmmakers coming to help us shoot this big day of, of, of filming. And the night of, I was texting them to make sure that they were all good, like to see what equipment they were bringing. And they were like, oh, actually, we got a gig in Pittsburgh and we're not going to be able to make it. No. And it was like, oh, that. And I remember like sitting, like just sliding down the wall in that cliche movie like (laughs) moment. And I was just like so defeated and like just felt this total. But then I like took a deep breath and it was, okay, I can't change the fact that they can't come. What can I do? Yeah. Uh, which that has become always, and then I found out later that that's the stoicism motto, you know, which gave me a language and a method to really implement mm-hmm. that. But that was like a a pivoting moment in my life uh, of like, okay, I'm not going to be someone that just gets pushed around by circumstances. Yeah. Um, and that's huge as a business owner. I mean, well, you're not, you're never so going to huge. succeed otherwise. Like you have because to, you always have to have a direction, you know, because people will not help you without that you the can. universe will <laughs> you push to. you around it will uh, yeah. i was talking to ben and i was saying how it will punch you in the face <laughs> and you have to learn how to take those punches and and use that experience to shift you uh which obviously is like difficult right yeah like, it's funny you say that because i think i have a very different perspective on it although i wonder if it's like a, a perception of like what the universe is or something but i yeah, have this i have this sense of like well, it definitely slaps you in the face sometimes, but I have this sense of always, always knowing there's something I don't see or always, 
always knowing there's more. Yeah, yeah. You know, and journaling is like for me, journaling has been part of my. There's guess, a thread that you're like following. Yeah. The universe is laying a path out for you, whether you. Yeah. Know that that's what it is or not. You can see it in your own writing, right? Like you can see you can see these threads back in time. Yeah. Only if you've been writing for a long time, especially you can see how um actually the same you are even though you've grown and even though you've gone through all this crazy stuff you can see like these pieces of like who you truly are from the very beginning oh, yeah you know what i mean like for me i've been so journaling is another part of the of the onink that i have been really excited about creating and i've journaled since i was in sixth grade like pretty much every day yeah i just am obsessed with journaling because it's it's me connecting to myself right it's like how i know myself and also how I've become a writer and how I've you you know, have, developed a voice. Do you have like a methodology used for journaling or is it just kind of free flowing or do you kind of do both? I, I go back and forth. When I was first learning it, I kind of had different methodologies I tried. Mm -hmm. Now it's, I keep it very free flowing because I also write for the sake of my business. I write for other purposes and those things have structure. So for me, when I write in the morning, it's like I look forward to this idea that there is no structure. Yeah, so I don't right. know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I just pick up the pen and. I think it's important to have both of the. I mean, happen. that's like a creative outlet. That's yeah. It's important to have a creative outlet for me. Great. Uh, my creative outlet that I don't have any expectation for. It was painting, but then people started liking my paintings and inviting me to shows and stuff. So now that's a business. <laughs> uh, yeah. And but music, I'm not good enough at music that anyone's ever going to like want me to be in their band so uh, I could play my ukulele I could play my guitar and just completely be engrossed in that creative process That's awesome. uh, without any expectation of like this is going anywhere yeah um, and it's just for me and that's and sometimes I'll record it and put it on my Instagram or something some stupid like that but See, like, I think that continues to evolve I was just talking to someone about this the other day I was saying so I I have been I've noticed the last couple of years like I've been so heavily involved in creating for the purpose of the brand that we've built that I stopped letting myself create for other purposes right like i'm just like so obsessed yeah <laughs> we're making right. everything from you know the unink logo to the website to everything on social media to um like every piece of i guess just sort of visual of what what, what we're doing has become part of what i do and i love that you know but then it's it kind of to a certain point started to feel like heavy and so i was talking to um to a friend of mine and saying like I don't know what this is about, you know, and as I was talking, I was realizing what it's about is I need to, again, remind myself to like play, Yeah. you know, find a way to play. And so oh, that's such I, an important part I decided of like, okay, I'm going to play. And what that version of that right now looks like for me, it's probably different than it'll look in another year. Right. Mm -hmm. Right now it looks like I'm working on my podcast and asked a friend of mine to help write the, um, help write the track. That's like the opener and all, all it's a very small collaboration in, in theory. Right. Yeah. It's just a little a little piece of this creative puzzle, but then something happened when I asked, you know, like when I said, Hey, I'm trying to make this thing feel a certain way. Can you can you make it feel that way? You know? Yeah. And so I, I you might have seen the thing that I recorded that was just like this beta with uh, with Ben about it, about my podcast. I just sort of like quickly said, Let's try something and all that was was trying to start setting the tone. So I'm mm -hmm. not a musician at all. I just love music, but I don't know anything about how to create it, right? And so I recorded the beta on the porch at sunset with dogs, with wine, kind of like we were when we recorded with you. Yeah, yeah. I 
thought there's something magical about this sunset time and right. I wanted golden to capture hour. that. Yeah, golden hour. Right. And I that's when I want these episodes to um to feel like, right? Right. So anyway, he listened to that. Um my friend Juwan listened to that and he said, Okay, I listened to it, tell me what this is about. And I said, Well, I want people to like drop into this feeling of sunset and the like colors and the kind of possibility of it all. Well he just went to this whole other creative realm and started imagining like what that scene felt like. Yeah. And he, by the time I left his house, he had like written a poem about it. <laughs> and then I wrote a poem about his poem and now he's writing the music and this whole thing is happening. That's come taking on a life of its own. And it's so fun. Cause this, yes, this podcast is part of my brand, but it's like completely play right now. Yeah. Like right. It feels like this free. That's where I'm at with thing. both of the podcasts so that I'm great. working on is like, that's my outlet of play. Yeah. And it's like, I've figured out, how to make those outlets of play still part of my brand so I don't feel so yeah. unproductive playing, but I'm also like allowing it to just be its own thing and not have to like, there's really very little objective behind it besides just getting a chance to sit down and talk to cool people. I love it. Yeah. Like I love, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And I realized at one point I was like, why the hell am I not just having a podcast? Cause I just like to sit around and talk to people doing anyway. It anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So That's I might as well record it and share it and other people. And it, you scale it too then. I noticed I ended up having the same conversation over and over again. And that's the kind of stuff that I would like make videos about. Um, and then those videos would be, you know, reach a decent amount of people. Uh, I I look at a video and if it's reached 250 people, I mean, I have videos that have reached 20,000. I have a few old video game videos that have reached a couple million. Nice. And it's like, but they're not, it's weird. Those ones don't have a message that I really cared about, like care about sharing. But like, the ones that have reached like 500 views and it's something I really care about are the ones I'm really stoked about. Cause I'm like yeah. 500 people, like imagine 500 people sitting in this room right now. That's a lot of people. 500 people, like even 50 people, heard what like, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Even if 50 people were sitting in this room and like listening to, it would be, it would be meaningful. Yeah. Actually, if just one person heard it, it would be meaningful. You know, True. I yeah. always, I, what I've been thinking about with, with every fucking Sunday is this, sense of you know how we often listen to podcasts to preface that's the name of your show yes yeah, you didn't say that. podcast is called every fucking sunday i like that yeah and every fucking sunday <laughs> i just love to swear for starters and, and fuck is the best swear word ever yes i mean that's I, just my opinion but <laughs> i agree uh, yeah. it's fantastic um and every fucking sunday is about this discipline it takes to keep showing up to pursue something meaningful and I know that a lot of us listen to podcasts alone, right? Right. In a car, in your headset, by yourself. So I want, I don't, I don't, I'm not creating a podcast for like um, a group in that, in my mind. Although I hope that lots and lots of people yeah. listen to it. I am creating it for the, the one listener that is like, I really needed to be inspired today. Or I really needed yeah. to hear that. And then and someone then gave me that something someone them. gave me that piece of advice, someone that I know that's a pretty successful podcaster. Um, and uh, they do like video game streaming and stuff like that. And they're really successful at it. And they said, when you're talking to the quote unquote audience, talk to one person mm -hmm. because each there's just a bunch of one people out there listening. And it's like, so don't say you guys or yeah, everybody. Don't say everybody listening. Say you that's what I, I that's interesting that he said that i just yeah. naturally didn't like the feeling of talking to the group right uh because it didn't feel personal enough yeah i want to be talked to yeah the as whole... a listener like as the one person right yeah no you totally are on that same day like oh, that's cool i think he just kind of naturally discovered that too over time he's a pretty like one-on-one -on -one type of person and it was like yeah. oh i get to have a bunch of one-on-one -on -one 
yeah. like conversations basically this way. Oh, and I love And then to. the great thing is whenever they talk back. That's what I love whenever I'm getting oh, yeah. feedback back. That's so and good. then it turns into a dialogue rather than just a monologue. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's it's not a monologue either because you're having a dialogue with somebody else. So Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like listening into your one-on-one conversation and then they're having a, you know, one-on-one kind of experience of it. But it can grow bigger and I think that's... I don't know. As a person that just must create, I, I know there's certain things that spark that, you know, like, and sometimes you just fall into them and you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is it? It's making me create, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's, well, I you get so much so energy from one of my big pieces of advice for other creators and for myself is just create more. Mm-hmm. At one point I was doing a whole thing where I was trying to create something every day, 365 wow. creations for the year. And I did it. I was 2017. I did that. And whether it was a video from a YouTube channel, a lot of it was that or a painting or a short story or something. I was trying to create, create something and finish it and upload it to the internet. That's what kept me accountable. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to be like, Oh, look at what I did. It was more of like, I need to be accountable to myself. You finished it. So yeah. I like, this is done. New moving on to the next thing. And that was like, crazy a lot of people think you run out of creativity and it's the opposite it's like the more you, you create more. the more you like create the more you create the more you create <laughs> that's it's like the, and the more like authentic it becomes i think too yeah and you build the skills you get better you make better art i think a lot of people get frustrated early on because people aren't resonating with the art that they're making whether it's paintings or whether mm-hmm. it's filmmaking or whatever filmmakers especially because i know you're putting a ton of work into this thing and it sucks yeah. when it's just not you see what it's supposed to be and either you get so down because you realize that it's not as good as you want it to be or you're a little egotistical about it and think that it's this amazing thing. You don't understand why people don't understand it, right? Yeah, it just hasn't hit that level But either way, it's like you just haven't gotten to the point where you're good enough yet. And also I think it's because, you know, and this goes for everything from like a piece of visual art to a business concept, like you – you can't create it to get the reaction and be authentic. I think, as, yeah. you know what I mean. You can, you can, you can definitely make reactions happen. But the expression of yourself that just kind of flows, and you're not trying to make something happen in a specific way, yeah, is is different. And I think that's part of like the practice of becoming a creator is is like learning how to just roll with your own flow and not worry if people like it or don't right. like it. Like I'll look at stuff that I've posted and I'll think, hmm. That got three likes. Like, what does that mean about me, right? And I start yeah, to, like, yeah. overanalyze it. I think it. we all do that. Because the data is there for us to analyze, it's, like, easy As if to, it really quite means value, right? What, like, there's something That's what of, I was telling you with the metrics on these podcasts. Like, oh, yeah. I don't look at them because I don't, I don't want, I, I pay attention to what types of content or comments I'm getting, what types of emails I'm getting in response. Yeah. Uh, but I don't care necessarily how many people, and it's not a like, oh, I don't care how many people are watching because I'm so above that. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like, a, it's genuinely just not an important metric for me. How does it help you, right? The that's, engagement that's the question, is yeah. really what's important to me. It's like, what, if there's, if there's a topic people keep asking about, I'll do more of that topic. Um, and if there's a topic people are like, that was dumb, don't cover that again. If I feel like it, I'll still cover that. <laughs> you know, like, oh, screw, totally. that. <laughs> screw that. Yeah. There's going to be enough episodes that you can just skip that episode. Come on. <laughs> Well, I think it's, yeah, it's interesting. I think I've been trying to um, shift my mind about this with uh, with our business too. So, you know, for two years we did uh, cohorts for entrepreneurs and these are, you know, very structured in the sense of like three months, yeah, four to eight people, everyone goes through the same process. The goal is to launch something by the end. 
after about six months ago, we put a pause on it and we like started trying to figure out what needed to change. Something was just not working quite right. Even though everybody has said like, you know, this was a valid, like a good experience. There's nothing, I think, innately wrong with the thing we created. It's more of like something's off in the flow. Mm-hmm. And so what I think I've discovered over the six months of not doing it is for starters, I really miss it. <laughs> like, and I miss, I miss facilitating it. Yeah. And I miss watching people grow and I want to do more of it. But I don't miss is the feeling of trying to sell it. And it's like selling your own art, right? Right. You're, and so I've started reimagining it. And, you know, Ben and I spent a lot of time talking about what is the next evolution of this. And I am um, pretty excited about it because I think something's happening with me as I, as I let go of it a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, you, you hang on so hard because you made it and it's your baby and you're like, this is the thing. Why isn't it selling, quote unquote? And so this time what I'm going to try, I'm still kind of cooking it, but what I'm going to try in the new year is, well, two things. I want to treat, it's called Unic Life. We, we called it this a while back because we thought this is about a, the lifestyle of creating and making change and like being entrepreneurial. It's not a one point in time, you know, where you're like, oh, now you're an entrepreneur. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, now you're an artist. Like, no, it's a it's a path and it's like a becoming that happens. Right. So we called it Unic Life, as in it's a it's a practice. Um, but the thing that I want to kind of embrace more in the new year is to treat the the way that we're equipping people treat it the way that a yoga studio treats yogis. And the inspiration for this comes from like 15 years of yoga for me. <laughs> yeah, yoga's been this like center point for me of coming back to myself and. It's also been the only reliable place where when I walk into a studio, somebody else is holding space for me. Right. Whereas in my work, I hold space for others. And when I go into the studio, it's held yeah. you know, for me. So I want to kind of take inspiration from that in thinking about, instead of trying to structure these cohorts and say, okay, everybody, it starts on, you know, this date and ends on that date, you know, sign on up. Yeah. I want to structure it like, um, we are always here. The yoga studio is always there, right? Mm. In the 10 years I've lived in Austin, like Black Swan Yoga has always been there. And it's gotten bigger. It's opened more studios. It's gone from like really scrappy to really nice. It's still donation-based and it's still always there. With Unink Life, I want to treat it like a yoga studio in the sense that there are certain days of the week um, and times of day that Unink Life is open. And you come when you need that space. And you don't come when you don't need it. And you give what you can to um, help support it, you mm-hmm. know? And so I'm probably going to start really small with, like, once a week, one time a week. But I don't know what's exactly going to happen. But I think if I – the thing that I think I've done the most effectively is hold the space in the last couple of years. And the thing that has been counter to that is forcing – people to appear in space at certain times. Yeah. <laughs> and no. so I'm going to see what happens I, if I do I'm, something totally different. I'm really bad at appearing in places at certain times. And like, that's been a constant struggle of my life. So I can like, there's things I wouldn't sign up for that are like, Oh, you have to like, yeah. like, I mean, even just as much like webinars, right? Like if oh, they're yeah. like, you have to be here this time. And it's like, and like, well, I really don't feel like it right I'm now. Like, and just record it and send it to me and I'll watch it when I can. Well, and that's the thing. I, I think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I want, but I do think the, I want people to come. I do think the, come and get it when they need it. Yeah, know? the space thing is. You talk about that a lot, and I, I really haven't thought about that too much. Um, 
but that is I, I used to work as a co-working space in which is now more of a uh, co-op in Pittsburgh called Work Hard Pittsburgh, and it's this it used to be this old hardware store that they've and now they've expanded quite a bit, but uh, and they have like a studio space in the basement, and like it was nice. such an amazing just like space to create. What was really important was that there was a space that everyone could gather and share ideas and like meet like-minded people yeah and have the resources too we'd all share resources right totally. like a uh, print shop would make uh, murals and stuff for the new businesses that were popping up that were being funded yeah. through the grant program exactly. at the workup it's such a big deal you know there's lots of spaces you could go kind of drive into any city and find um, coffee shops or co-working spaces very few of them are community driven like in the sense of when you walk in the space, you feel like there's an intent to connect with others. Yeah. You know, because so our culture is so kind of siloed, right? We are all walking around in our heads and then we walk into a coffee shop and put our headsets in and type and work and, you know. So it's very hard to find those. I think those spaces are more common now as, as co-working is growing up. Like co-working yeah. is kind of more think, of a teenager than it used to be, right? Yeah. It used to be a baby as a concept. Um, so I think spaces with resources are a big part of it. I also think it has to do with the humans that hold those spaces. Yeah. Because somebody has to have the tenacity to say no to some things and yes to others. Like, as you're trying to even talk about this place in Pittsburgh, like, you, you have to sustain the space. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, you know, have enough humans in the space. Yeah, I mean, and, you have to make and, decisions and Josh about that, Lucas, right? the guy that originally was running it, now it's a cooperative, but man, he was crazy stress keeping that place alive as yeah. long as he did yeah i find that interesting though what you're saying about i think i don't remember who wrote about this the third space mm -hmm. you know you have your home and you have your workspace and your third space is like this human need for this communal yeah space and i find myself when i go to coffee shops and things trying to be more intentional about opening myself up to interactions which is funny because now in the last just three weeks like every time i go to the coffee shop any coffee shop even in the middle of nowhere, I end up having striking up a conversation, meeting someone, adding them on Facebook, like becoming friends with a random person. Because you're open to it. And yeah, and it's not easy because like everyone else is kind of like not sure. Yeah. Like there's like with coffee shops especially, there's like a they're like, are you working? Like yeah, I see you have a laptop. Like should I just not talk to you? Totally. Uh, so you kind of have to really put your best foot forward and be like, make yeah. eye contact and say, contact. hey. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You have I, to make eye contact with people. That's I, really I make eye contact and give them a really energetic hey <laughs> and, it, and it's crazy and then it was like oh like uh hi <laughs> you can start a, yeah you can start a conversation off of anything i i was in a coffee shop the other day and i i have all these stickers on my laptop and they're all from like the last two years i kind of just like carefully curated them you know what i mean i'm not just putting random stickers yeah, on yeah. my laptop these are like businesses that i'm excited by or things that inspire me or whatever and one of them is meow wolf and um now Denver is like opening up and so I, I you know I'm connected to the folks that are helping launch it and I stuck the sticker on my laptop on purpose to see what would happen right yeah so I'm at this coffee shop and I have my stuff set up and I see this guy looking for a place to put his stuff you know so I just looked up like I didn't really try that hard I just kind of looked up and make eye contact and he looked at me and looked at my laptop and looked back at me and said can I ask you a question? <laughs> and then he started asking me about Meow Wolf. Yeah. And took a seat next to me and we started talking about things. And that's how, that's what I love about, you know, like a really soft kind of space co coffee shop that feels like that can happen. Yeah. Like you might just share a table with somebody and you might have a conversation you never would have had, you know? And yeah. I love that. If, if there are creators out there 
And I mean, I use the word creator like super use loosely. Obviously, this podcast is prim- primarily guilt. Primarily, what am I saying? What my brain just like totally went dead. I think you just hit like maximum coffee input. Like yep, you just yep. can't. No, okay. So this 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 podcast, <laughs> this podcast thing. Okay, this podcast. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a thing, and it's uh, geared towards the people. You know, uh, no, but it's um it's primarily geared towards filmmakers. Um, but I want it to be accessible and and make sense for for a wide variety of people. But for people that are still starting out, still struggling to turn their creative passion into something that's a fe- not even a living, but a feasible part of their living, is there a piece of advice that you you'd give generally to people that are mm-hmm. are on the ground floor? Well, I don't love general advice because it's not specific enough yeah. to the human. Um, but I would say I can kind of place myself back in that you know, moments or moments in time where I've begun things, you know, begun ideas or, yeah. or had the guts to try to start something. I think the most important um, mindset to kind of try on for size at that stage is that you have what you need. Mm. Not to think, oh, God, oh, let me, co- I mean, compare myself to someone that I'm inspired by and therefore intimidated by, or not to say, if only... I had more experience or if only I had more money or if only I had more collaborators, like you are not going to get to do any of those awesome things unless Unless you you just just start, start and to, and to really actually try to internalize the concept that you have what you need because otherwise you wouldn't have this idea. Like this idea, whatever it is came to you because you have what it takes to take the next step. Right. So just take it. You know. Wow. Yeah, I know. I think people need to get out of their own way. Yeah, a we're lot. all in our own way. Yeah. And we I need people myself around too. us to yeah. tell us, right? People yeah. are, I mean, like people that I trust the most in my life will tell me that I'm in my own way. Well, you got to try things because you got to see how, if it clicks or not. Things will click yeah. that you don't think are going to click and, and then that's things you that you think are going works. to click won't. Yeah. And that's how you learn. So instead of sitting around trying to write the perfect script before you like put together the perfect crew exactly. for the perfect movie for your first film... That's the most absurd thing that Just I've ever like. Doing it, yeah. Make a make a freaking film and then see yep. what happens now, or make a short film if it, if a feature film's too much, or a, a web series, or whatever your thing is. Just make the thing. Yep. And then make some more of the thing <laughs> and just and keep making like your, the thing. It's like your craft, right? You get better at it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I, we, we talked about this, and I, it, like, a lot of times when you're starting out, you might have great ideas, but your execution's bad. Yep. Really bad. Yep. And I've, we've all, everybody, everybody that's made anything has been there. We have all been there. You can't change the fact that, like, you can't change the things you can't change. Yeah. And then you just got to go from there. Totally. All right. Is there anything you want to leave people with? Uh, and where can they find you? Well, um, I would leave people with let yourself play more. Um, oh, okay. That's in, nice. your, in, in whatever it is you want to work on. And how they can find me, um, I'm super accessible. I'm on Instagram. Um, Endearing is my name on instagram let the, the letter n deering they can also follow the unink unink life on instagram or facebook always love to talk to people always love to learn about their creative process love to be part of it so I'd welcome people reaching out for any particular reason awesome thank you yeah thank you 
Thank you for watching this episode of Movies in the Black. This was a really awesome conversation with Liz. If you haven't listened, there was a conversation I recorded at the same time as this one with Ben Gibson. That was a few episodes ago. There's also some really great episodes that we've released recently, one with Katie Sieta, one with Scott Sullivan. There was one a while back that we did with Kevin Interdonato that I saw not very many people listen to that one for some reason. And that was one of the really, really good ones. Has a lot of quality stuff that's specifically related to producing films. So go check those out. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, wherever, you can easily go back and watch the backlog. One of the big things that has been helpful to grow the audience of the podcast has been a few people sharing the podcast episodes they like in the groups that they are in in Facebook. So if you're in a group in Facebook and you like this show, that would be awesome if you would share it there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with an interview from Ryan Haggerty that I actually split into two episodes. So we'll have one episode next week and then one episode the week after that. The, the one next week specifically is about making blood on the leaves, raising money from investors and the business side of a micro budget film and distribution through Amazon. Uh, the one after that will be about freelance. He's a very successful freelancer. So that will be a two really, really uh, valuable episodes for you. Thanks for listening. See you next week.